Hey guys, today we got a little mini so for you. We're going to talk about some of the movies that Matt and I have been watching. I want to give a big shout out to the people who have been sending us suggestions because uh, I took some of those suggestions. Matt and I watched a movie that was recommended to us from The Leval Dead and Punisher Book. Both those guys, thank you so much for sending your suggestions. We love hearing from you. Thanks for listening. But we watched Nemesis, Rumi. Oh man, thank you guys for sending this and I want to do like the opposite. If we talk about a movie like we're about to right now that you guys may not have seen, please, if it sounds interesting, give it a shot. And if you do, let us know. Be like, guys, I watched that movie you talked about and here's my feelings on it. Because we love, first of all, we love to hear from you guys anyway. Yeah. But for something like this that I I can say this movie was terrible, but great. And we're going to get into it, but huge boner, right? Like, I think this movie was freaking great. We'll get into it. We will definitely get into it. But I liked it. I definitely like it. It's a thumbs up from Rumi, but <laughs> oh my God. Uh, we're gonna <laughs> so let's stop beating around the bush. Guys, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod and on our website, LaunchpadPod.com. Now, let's get on with the show. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two. All right, welcome to the Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Matt. Matt, doing a little mini-sode, although this one might go full full length. Yeah, I think you keep calling them mini-sodes, but I don't think we're changing the length at all. (laughs) I think they're just more relaxed. Like, we haven't done, like... All we've done is watch movies and now we're going to bullshit about them, which sometimes is super fun. But yeah, we haven't like done a deep dive into the history of any of this shit. We just watched the movie, probably looked it up on IMDb and now I'm ready to talk about it. <laughs> uh, so I've been watching a crap ton of movies, man. It's been nothing but sitting around doing a little bit of work every day. I've been I've been prepping a D&D adventure that I did with some people from work over, over Zoom. We did a huge D&D sesh that was super fun. That went great. Thanks to all those guys and girls who joined in for that. Man, that was really fun. But it's been that and watching movies. And some of these movies have been great. And some of these movies have been uh, not so good. <laughs> but it's been fun because I've been catching up on movies that like I feel like maybe I missed. Because either I was quote unquote too young to see them or they just weren't on my radar when I was like nine or ten, you know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I really wanted to see my parents were like, nah, you're not seeing that. And I'm like, nah. Parents just don't understand. Nice try. You'll get nightmares or boners. <laughs> we don't want you to watch that. One of these movies was both. <laughs> if you guys checked out our Bodyguard episode, thank you guys so much for supporting that. That was such a fun episode, Matt, and I loved doing yeah, it. Yeah, we Thanks really liked Andy that episode. Curtis for coming on. Yeah, that was so good. And Andy was great, too. I actually, speaking of d and I think I met him at a and d that you did, the first d and I've, the first and only D&D that I've ever done. He was there for that. That was right. a fun time, too. He joined us the other day. It was fun. Like, trying to, like, navigate the lockdown, man. It's been tricky because we're trying to figure out how to play, like, board games over Zoom with people, like, mm-hmm. where we're filming the board and trying to play. Like, we're trying to figure out all sorts of fun stuff we can do. Big shout out to George Marrero for bringing us on his podcast with his wife, Beaver Rodeo, a super fun podcast. And we came on to talk about some collections. That's out right now. Give Beaver Rodeo a listen. Check them out. They're all over the place on social media. A brand new podcast with a couple episodes in, and they're, they're really fun. We talked about some collections, the comic books, the toys we collect. 
know what it means to be like a collector and a family man, mm. uh, and how you have to navigate that. That was a pretty fun episode. And you guys will recognize George because we've had him on a couple times. He's one of the Famous Monsters of Filmland crew, so we've worked with him at numerous Comic-Cons, as well as we've been on Famous Monsters either for him or with him. So we've been on, this is probably like the, I don't know, the fourth, fifth, sixth time that we've we've been on a show together. So he's always a good time. And it was fun to finally do it with Jen, because we knew Jen from Comic-Cons, but we've never actually been on a show with her. So check that out. It's a good listen. Absolutely. Now, guys, I want to kick this off with, as you mentioned, Nightmares and Boners. Let's talk about Species, 1995. <laughs> I had never seen this movie. Really? Too young, man. I, I was too young when it came out. When it came out, this came out, I mean, 1995. Yeah. So I was not allowed to see it. And oh. I knew H.R. Geiger. I had a book of H.R. Geiger stuff. And I like H.R. Geiger is not for kids. He like draws all this like alien shit. But then there's like secret like blowjobs and dicks and vaginas everywhere hidden in his artwork. It's not really hidden. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. And I say when hidden, you can't see my air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But he designed the creature. I mean, he designed the Xenomorph famously, but he designed the creature in Species as well. And this movie was really cool. I loved it. The CGI in it is garbage, but the practical effects in it are incredible. And the practical effects were Steve Johnson, who came on our podcast once. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those, I saw this, I didn't see it in theaters, but I think I saw it pretty quickly after it came into Blockbuster. So, you know, that's, I, I think that's, that's pretty quickly after it was made. And I don't remember, I think in those days, CG was still so evolving that like you didn't hold it against it. You were like, oh, look, it looks like, you know, an alien cartoon there. Almost like Alien 3 was very similar where they had, you know, a, a CG thing and they had a puppet that they comped in kind of, sh I mean, shittily considering. But I think back in the day, like that was as good as they can do. And you were like, all right, cool. Now, the craziest thing is Jurassic Park came out two years earlier. In yeah, yeah. But that's fucking ILM and, that and CG Steven Spielberg. Yeah, but that still holds up, dude. It's incredible. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, I guess that's true. No, no excuse. Get get your shit together, Nemesis and Alien 3 and Species. Oh, my God. Ugh. But Species was interesting. It has, uh, I mean, for those of you who haven't seen it, genetic engineering, Ben Kingsley, fucking Gandhi, kidnaps <laughs> an alien DNA and like turns it into a little girl and tries to kill her because the government's like, nah, we don't need that little girl shit. That's kind of creepy, dude. So she breaks out when they're trying to gas her and goes free and then starts mutating into like a hot chick who wants to get preggers. And uh, they assemble like a, a hot team scientist to hunt her down. And that hot team is cranky Michael Madsen. <laughs> um, from Reservoir Dogs can you hear me now that chick from CSI the redhead from CSI she's in it with a terrible haircut that does not do her any favors we have Doc Ock yeah Alfred Molina yep 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 he has one of the best slash stupidest deaths he had a great death I mean I could die happy yeah. after that. <laughs> uh, and, and then fucking Forrest Whitaker as a psychic empath whose sole purpose in the movie is to walk in the room and be like Something terrible happened here. And then he opens his eyes and there's like splattered corpses everywhere. And you're like, no shit, Sherlock. Tell me something we don't know, you asswipe. He's like, she's afraid. And you're like, no, duh. It's like they're in Los Angeles and she's running around and her car's crashed or whatever. Because she, she's like, she can pick stuff up really fast because she's super smart. And he's like, she's lost. It's like, no shit. An alien in LA for the first time is lost? God. <laughs> you just imagine like a creature from another planet being like, wait. 
the 101 North becomes the 101 West? Wait, that sign over there says 101 North and literally across the street it says 101 West. What the fuck is this? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, Sepulveda picks up halfway across (laughs) the 405? What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Humans who've lived on this planet forever have trouble with this city. <laughs> Doesn't take a fucking Forrest Whitaker to hold his temples and go, she's confused. And you're like, God, you're t- you are terrible at this empath shit. But the movie's pretty solid. I mean, I'm going to give it to it. I, it was a good time. It's an erotic thriller. So she's like sexy and like trying to bone dudes all the time. Some of them are into it. And most of the time she gets interrupted and murders them. Which is like, oh, that sucks. She's got intergalactic female blue balls. <laughs> <laughs> but again, remember how you and I talked? You, I, I think it was on the Famous Monsters podcast. You and I talked about like if a hot, sexy ghost was like, come here. We'd be like, no. Right? No yeah, way. I know you're. I know it. you're a ghost. No, I know you're a ghost because this doesn't happen in real life. This is what happens with this alien. She's like, she meets a guy and then five seconds later, she's like, let's go back to your place. And they're like, yeah. And you're like, no, isn't that obvious to you that this is not going to end well for you? You're either getting your kidneys ripped out or murdered by an alien. And even those, those seem like drastic, like swings in difference in these scenarios. It's not. (laughs) I consider myself to be like a high eight on a good day. (laughs) If an 11 looks my way, I'm immediately skeptical. It's happened a couple times, I have to admit. But when it happens, I'm like, what, what's your deal? What do you, what? <laughs> ghost, dude. You saw a ghost. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's got to be a ghost or she's after the money that she thinks I have or it's, it's part, <laughs> it's phase one of some sort of giant revenge plot, right? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, he's the exact doofus I need to get in this hot water. Like she, she just sees a lobster in you, buddy. Either that or she's just like, I've never seen a ginger so gingery in my life. Wow, look at that. Oh, you think it's like a ginger fetish? <laughs> I don't know if I'd call it a fetish, but just shock at like, wow, what's he doing out in the sun? He doesn't even have an umbrella. What's wrong with this kid? Oh, God. Or like we said during the bodyguard episode, she's she's consciously making a bad decision. She's like, this is going to be terrible, but it'll be fun. For, it'll be awesome, but just a terrible idea. Yeah, I'm not I'm not getting tricked by aliens or ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mumi, got any movies you've been watching? I want to jump into Nemesis. I'm like, you want to do it? Well, I was going to save it to the end. You well, I had now? like other shit that I was going to talk about, but I don't like it. It pales in comparison. And no lie, I watched The Godfather yesterday. And that's great. <laughs> and like that's great. It really is a great movie. Godfather's just okay. I'm not a big fan of the Godfather. Like it's a good movie, but like how often am I going? Sometimes to- you say shit where I'm like, oh, I would watch it every week. I, I mean, it would it would lose some of the specialness if you did, but it's it is fantastic. The editing's all over the place. Its pacing is terrible. It's terrible. It's pacing. definitely far from perfect, but I think it's one of those. And you shouldn't judge a movie like this or buy this. But like I've read the book and the book is so all encompassing that when you watch the movie, you're like, actually, I agree with everything you just said about um, pacing and, and editing. And sometimes time jumps just happen and they don't talk about it. Sometimes time jumps happen and it's like a huge jump and they just mention it. And you're like, wait, what did I miss? But when you read the book, you're like, oh, that's actually a really good version of the book. I definitely understand why people consider it a great movie, but it's just like if you watch Citizen Kane, you're like, I get it. It's a sled. Cool. <laughs> That's what it says on the back of the DVD. I get it. 
quote, Aaron, the Launchpad podcast. <laughs> it's a sled. I get it. But Godfather, again, is one of those movies. It's like watching Goodfellas. I'm entertained thoroughly throughout because the characters are fun. It's unpredictable. The music is fun. Godfather's like, OK, I get it. But this is kind of taxing. And it's also because of this movie has spawned this massive like douchebag obsession with gangsters. Not to say that everybody who likes this movie is a douchebag, but there's like some people because of this movie are just like so douchily into the mob when it's like, this is even a fantasy version of what the mob is. And that ruins your enjoyment of it. Kind of. <laughs> I get, I get that. I get the first argument more, but I understand what you're saying. Do you think it's a matter of like boiling, like ultra boiling it down? Do you think it's a matter of that? You just don't want to jump on a, on a bandwagon that people have jumped on that you think is a little stupid. Even if you actually do like the movie, you're like, well, I'm going to like it less now because those idiots like it so much. I'm not you, Rumi. <laughs> no wait wait what, what are we talking about we're not talking about godfather we're talking about nemesis let's get on nemesis yeah so godfather we'll was this godfather. godfather was like this gangster movie if you haven't seen it it's highly recommended it won oscars and shit but let's talk about this some terrible people like ter- it yeah <laughs> just don't like it too much or Rumi won't like you <laughs> no don't don't think that you can become a mobster because you watch this movie. <laughs> it's a, actually it shows a lot of stuff to do and not to do so there's that but yeah, let's not talk about the groundbreaking, award-winning gangster film, The Godfather. Let's talk about the terrible Terminator, Robocop, Blade Runner, Blade Runner fucking ripoff, Nemesis from 1992, Nemesis, 1993. Dude. And Evil Dead from Instagram, he's one of our listeners and, and a friend of the show, he's recommended it to me multiple times. I was like, finally, I'll sit down and watch it and was not disappointed with how fun this movie was, but holy shit, dude, <laughs> this movie, the acting... Let's start with the the acting is atrocious. The <laughs> so uh, I mean frame it like this. If you guys have never seen this movie, I'm going to assume most of you haven't. The way that I was thinking about it is it's like Tommy Wiseau's The Room, but it's like the sci-fi action version where like yeah. someone had the means to make a movie, whether it was good or not or they should have or not or shouldn't have, but they had the means to make it and they did for right or wrong. The main character is like a, I don't know where this guy is from, but he's like a, that version of Tommy Wiseau. There are almost entire scenes where I cannot understand what he is saying. I had to check multiple times to make sure he wasn't the director of this movie. Like multiple <laughs> times. I'm like, is did this guy make this movie for himself? No, this is Oliver Grunner, who I've never seen for or since. You know who directed this? Who? This is Albert Pyun, P-Y-U-N. He also directed the 1990s Captain America. Oh, which is great. We've done it, Shitty Movie Sunday. He's done a bunch of great, like, Shitty Movie Sunday stuff. He is a Shitty Movie Sunday director. Man, he has done a ton of these. But he's done, like, five Nemesis movies. There's yeah, there's, <laughs> trust me, I looked it up because I need to buy this. Can't understand this guy. Yeah, he's French. A lot of the people in it have very strong accents. The movie starts off sexy and strong, though. So the movie starts off three different times, if you notice. Like, it starts, there's like a pre-credit thing that happens, and then you're like, wait, what is that about? He is a cyborg, and he gets shot up, and then they fix him, and he starts on this mission that lasts one scene, and he gets shot up again. Then they fix him again, and he starts on another mission. Then he gets caught and sent to jail. And it's like, wait, what? Where are we starting here? Yeah. If this was a book, that would be the first page forward 
where it's like, you know, in the future, this happened and something and this guy had a past. You just need to tell me in a paragraph. You don't need to waste 20 minutes of the movie showing me these things. So it starts off this. He and this chick are like rolling around this apartment. She's grabbing at him and stuff. And he's she's like, I got to make sure you're not a cop. And then he pulls the gun out from her waistband and shoots her in the face. And like we get a great puppet robot like critter with the tongue flopping around. The head's blown open. It's all like he starts getting chased by these other. Are they cyborgs? I guess. They they call them cyborgs at least, but yeah, I think I think they are. They chase him into this like industrial area that's somewhere in like Temecula and just blow the whole place up, shooting everybody. He finds a puppy, puts it in a safe, saves the puppy for one scene. So he gets shot the fuck up, like Matt says, and then the next scene we see him with the dog and he's in like Baja or somewhere, which is on a set in Temecula. <coughs> <laughs> and he gets shot up there and then the lady shoots the dogs. So you're like, wait, why was the dog in the movie just to like die a scene later? And he doesn't even care. It's not like he John Wick's about the dog. No. He doesn't even react. He walks away and the dog gets shot. Off screen. Again, you don't see it. But like in that whole scene, they're explaining who this woman is that he's about to like have to find later in the movie. But like every scene in this movie is like, are you double crossed? Are you double crossing? Come over to my side and and do this. Come over to my side and do this. And like every scene is a double cross on the double cross. So you're like, I don't know who's fighting who, but keep showing the the guns, please. Let's, Let's keep blowing stuff up. Because this movie's full of like pretty cool like puppet gore and explosions. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I made a, a quick good and bad list here. So I have oh, play it on good the guns. There's a lot of cool different guns. Definitely like late '80s, early '90s era, just like awesome guns. Whether they're stunt guns or real guns, but they look awesome. There's fucking shooting like crazy. It's paced well. Like some action movies have a great action set like set piece then it's like 20 minutes of exposition boring dialogue this jumps back and forth pretty good between action and non-action parts the action is directed really well there's a lot of really cool sequences let's say for example one where they're on a giant fun slide like from a carnival that's covered in mud and they're fighting on the way down and while they do that the protagonist holds up the antagonist who then gets impaled face first onto like a low hanging thing, a pipe. But the guy is still like alive slash cyborg. So he starts shooting at him. They're shooting at each other. One guy is suspended from this pipe by his face and the other guy is still sliding down the slide. It's friggin' awesome. And to great to make that like to make that action part where the guy gets impaled make sense. You got to break that into like seven or eight shots to let the audience know that this is the action that's happening. And they do. And I was telling Amanda last night, much to her chagrin, that like a lot of movies now, Avengers and bullshit, you kind of get lost with like, okay, wait, where are you in the scheme of the geography of this scene? Are you close to that tree? Where are you trying to go? Who's punching who? How did you end up on top? And this is great. This is just, I mean, it's nonstop, well-directed action sequences. Can I add one to that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a sequence where they're in this hotel room. And this woman comes in and gives him some exposition about his mission, which, again, I'm ha- I had the hardest time following. Oh, yeah, it's ridiculous. It- they keep talking about people's names. You're like, I don't know who any of these people or robots and or hard Some of the are. women have men's names. Yes, yes. And some of the men have ambiguously female names. And I names. read about that. Apparently, they were going to switch some of the genders, and uh, they did or did not. So, like, some of those names, I don't know if they made them androgynous on purpose, but some of them were going to be different genders and then they twisted it. He's looking for Jared, who was his former cyborg partner and lover, but it's a woman in a computer screen, sure, which sure. I assume is her downloaded brain. Anyway, 
they get followed by the LAPD who are now like men in black cyborgs <laughs> and they attack them with giant guns and they blow this hotel to pieces. And there's this whole fight scene where they're shooting through walls, like shooting holes in the floor by spinning around with guns and then falling through the floor and shooting each other and then spinning around, just falling, falling, falling through the in that same scene before they start blowing stuff up. They cut this woman in half with gunfire and she's a robot. And she's crawling on the floor and it's a great puppet, really great setup. And she flips over and she's all torn to pieces and, and this guy reaches down and pulls her cyborg eyes out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great moment. Really cool. And then just like you said, massive action set pieces. The effect stuff is amazing. They did a really good job with stuff. Some of it is, I don't want to say cheesy, but like, you know how they did it. It's not an effect where you're like, wow, how did they do that? But instead, they're showing you a puppet that's like a cyborg. It's not Terminator 2 level, but it still looks really good. And it they show it and it's fun. And the action sequence you just described, three different people shoot their outlines into a wall and then walk through the hole. And the, the yeah. protagonist shoots a circle around him and falls. And as he's falling through, he keeps shooting circles and he goes through no less than three floors. And like, yeah, I know that sounds awesome, but when you watch it, it was very aptly put together. They shot it correctly and edited it correctly. So you know how many floors he goes through. You know he's getting away. You know which wall of the apartment these guys are literally shooting and then walking through and how they have ambushed them. It just works together really well like that. You mentioned Terminator. The guy who did the puppets in this movie and the special effects and like some of the higher end set piece special effects Mm -hmm. is the same guy who did Terminator. Yes. Uh, The visual effects were done by a bunch of people who did Terminators as well as some of the other big action movies of the time. And I don't know if they did it on purpose or not, but they don't spend their time or their money doing anything other than these fucking ball or action sequences. And I'm telling you right now, even if you don't appreciate shitty movie Sunday, like there's two types of people in this world, people who can come to shitty movie Sunday and like it and people who come and like either don't get it or just sit here. If you're not the kind of person who likes a shitty movie, you can still enjoy this just because of the baller action sequences and shooting and stuff. But if you're a person who also likes shitty movies, you're going to fucking love this because the things that it does, it does well. The things that it does terrible, it does terribly hilariously well. Like the fucking dialogue, it is terribly written. And I realized watching this that if you're if the person delivering the line can't speak the language, your one liners are not going to work because one liners are supposed to be fucking clever and off the cuff. And when your actor struggles to get the words out of his fucking lips, it bombs like the jokes fall every single time. He meets up with this like, I don't know, plucky short haired girl who's Lori Petty from Point Break. Well, she says she's a guide, but she's terrible in this movie. She is she is so bad in this movie. I can't believe she got hired ever again. All of her lines, as with many of them, are dubbed over. She is introduced. We see her skulking around a couple times, but she's actually introduced an hour into the 90 minute movie. (laughs) (laughs) She's introduced and she's introduced in a fight. And he saves her and she saves him. And he runs through the jungle with her over his shoulder. Then he puts her down and she's like, well, I'm not a cyborg. You could check me if you want. And when he goes to check her with this little stopwatch thing, she presses a button on her belt, which makes her necklace shoot him in the face. (laughs) Yeah. Little laser necklace. It's got a face on it, like a little idol. And the little eyes shoot, shoot him right in the face. But again, it's double cross after double cross. And she's like, you killed my sister back in Baja. And you're like, what? 
what double cross double cross it's just constant flip-flopping on who's on what side and you're just like ah oh, what then they blow some stuff up and it makes it all better i love how like the commander from fifth element is in this yes yes with a weird german accent like faking this horrible german accent apparently i'm looking on imdb right now apparently jackie earl haley was in it yes jackie Earl haley was at the very end he is the the little scientist who's like he's like we better do it quick blah, 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 blah. he's the one with the long hair and the tiniest corridor and he's saying goodbye yeah yeah to yeah jared and they're like uploading her to something but Again, I could not follow what the why they were uploading her to something. She was like, I won't have my memories. And you're like, are you dying? Or what's what's happening here? Thomas Jane and Thomas Jane's ass. For for no it? real reason. His character is not needed at all. He plays like a like a sex guy, a gigolo. We're supposed to be a Maybe. Literally it just cuts to him and he's fully naked and they spend a lot of time on his ass. There's a lot of naked looking out windows. There's at least three characters that look out a window naked during this movie. And there's a lot more other looking out windows in general. There's a lot other yep. naked, like random naked, and there's a lot of characters shooting slash jumping slash getting blown through windows. A lot. A lot. <laughs> And that's one thing that I think this does well is I think <laughs> they made these awesome action sequences like at the end they're in this industrial complex and they blow up like a giant silo and it's for fuck's sake real and and it collapses like while they're running past it. Yeah, it's falling yeah. towards the actors as they run towards camera. And even if they're stunt actors, they definitely did that and it's definitely 100% real and practical. And you could real say, as fuck, and then it, it explodes. Great. And like you could say that yeah. they shot it with telephoto lens, so that you know the things appear closer on the film negative than they actually were in real life. But it doesn't fucking matter. It looks great. Looks great. Prometheus should have taken a cue from this. Like when you have something falling behind you, <laughs> yeah, run you to rush the side. the side. It's frigging great. It's the, the action sequences are so fucking cool. The shootouts are just great. Sometimes it's almost like excessive to well. It flirts with being excessive. It's almost like in uh, um, Revenge of the Sith, there's some bullshit fight scenes that just go on so long that like you're halfway through it and you're bored. And then you remember, you're like, oh, we've been here a while. This isn't like this, but it's excessive <laughs> to the point of being like a bazillion bullets have been shot in the last 30 seconds to the point where the way that I always think about things like this is it's like a movie that Homer Simpson would be watching and like Marge would walk in and comment on his stupid action movie because it was going for so long and just nonstop. It's excess in the best form, though. Like, yeah, yeah. It really, I, I don't think it, it knew it was towing the line properly, but it did a good job. But then we get to this fight scene that I, I wanted to talk about, and it's they're on like some sort of jet and a endoskeleton that, yeah. <laughs> of one of the one of the main bad guys that's been chasing them climbs onto the jet like cargo bay and our main character and the cyborg are fighting and we get a pretty damn cool fight scene. And I will say this, as you were saying, the editing saves this thing because there's moments where you're like, wait, is that a full stop motion puppet of a human being fighting the cyborg? And if you look at it closely, it is. And normally that will never work. You could never buy that a human being as a puppet is fighting. And they do such a good job of showing it quick enough or with the action of the jet flying by and quick cuts back to the real human that you buy that he is actually fighting this stop motion endoskeleton. And it's really cool. And at one point it rips half of his skull off. 
So you can see like the top of his head yeah, is ripped it, up. It, so he's inside this airplane type, th- this jet thing. Yeah. The endoskeleton is hanging on to the bottom on the outside. It punches yep. through. And when it punches through, it grabs him and pulls him through the hole. And in doing that, his face gets impaled on part of the hole. And as the robot pulls him down, it rips the top of his skull or his his scalp off. So he's just got a robot skull on his head. It's a really fucking great trick. Really cool. So he's fighting this robot and then the robot's hanging there and disconnects his arm to drop the robot into a volcano. Into a yeah. volcano, dude. <laughs> if we Have we convinced you guys that you need to watch this fucking movie yet? It's so good. <laughs> it's It's so fun. I will say that. It's so fun. So, yeah, guys, let us know if you have seen this movie. Let us know what you think. Lee, do we need to watch the sequels, man? Because I might be down for it, but it also could be terrible. There's been so many movies recently that people have been like, no, don't watch anything after the first one. Don't go down that road. I'm pretty sure that I've seen this movie before with my dad. Because every once in a while, my dad and I would go to Blockbuster because, I don't know, my mom and sister were somewhere else. And we would just get, like, we would just walk through the, you know, the sci-fi aisle or the action aisle. And find shit like this. And there was a ton of this shit in the 90s, you know? So we would just find shit like this and watch it. And I know we watched a couple of them. I want to say I remember picking this up based on the cover art. I did not remember a single thing about it while watching it. But that doesn't mean that I didn't. So this guy, the director, has directed so many of these type things. He's directed a bunch of the Kickboxer sequels, Nemesis. He did Dollman, which is a pretty fun movie. And that's got Tim Thomerson in it, who is in this movie as well. Yes. He did Cyborg, yep. Jean-Claude Van Damme, and some of its sequels. Uh, <laughs> but like he's, he's directed a bunch of these movies that look like a lot of fun, but not good. <laughs> and I think that's the, the... It's funny because we, should, we could do an episode just on this, but in the, in the 90s, from the mid to the... I guess mid to the late 90s, but definitely mid to the... Uh, sorry, early to the mid 90s, there were so many just like shitty, schlocky movies, specifically action and sci-fi, that were just dime a dozen ripoffs of Terminator, Escape from New York, this, that. And it just like, no one cared. They were like, this isn't an homage. This is just a fucking straight up cash grab to go straight into Blockbuster. If 100 people rent this movie, we'll make our money back. And we fucking loved it. It was great. Well, since you mentioned Escape from New York, that was next on my list. Oh, as in you, as in things you watched? Saw it recently, got Kate to watch it for the first time. Been a long time. I mean, the last time I saw it was in the launch pad when we were roommates. Oh, really? That then, If that's the case, that's the last time I watched it, too, because I haven't seen it in a while. And we were talking with George about this briefly, but like, I don't, it does not hold up for me, man. Yeah, I agree. It's not bad. And it definitely, it was one of the first and best of that type of movie. Where like, okay, a never do well is forced in, you know, a suicide squad mission because he's got yep. to do this and it's baller action. It's Kurt Russell doing Kurt Russell great. But Kurt Russell with an eye patch and like it created a character for sure. Absolutely. But I don't think the movie lives up to how cool the character has become in like his own myth. Correct. I agree with that. And I definitely I don't remember when I first saw it. But the first time I saw it, I remember feeling the same way. I was like, this is the movie that everybody was like, oh, you got to see it. And it's not bad, yeah. but it's not one that I'm like, whoa. The action is just okay. It suffers from a lot of budgetary problems, but it has a great cast. It has Lee Van Cleef, for those of you who have listened to our Westerns yeah. episodes. I mean, Western legend, Lee Van Cleef plays like the head of the prison. 
for New York Manhattan Island. You have Tom Atkins from Halloween 3 in it. John Carpenter directed it. And John Carpenter is one of those directors, like, his stuff is so... Hit or miss, yeah. You're on or you're not on. The thing is incredible. Halloween is great. I really love that movie. But then, like, Prince of Darkness, to me, does not land. Yeah, yeah. Even They Live, like I said, has horrible pacing problems. But once he finds the glasses, bam, what a cool movie with a seven-minute long fight scene. (laughs) Wait, what am I watching? And then this was one that was like, everything about it was done, had a great concept behind it. Like, I love the ideas. I love everything about what was happening, but it just could never get big enough. And it's surrounded by so much empty space. A lot of the scenes just feel empty to me, but you have some cool characters. Isaac Hayes as the as the Duke of New York, A number one. Yeah, that one I was like, Ugh. He's pretty cool, though. Yeah. Uh, okay, fine. Uh, Ernest Borgnine as a cabbie. Donald Pleasance yeah. as the president whose English accent barely, barely works in this movie. <laughs> Harry Dean Stanton, the guy from Alien is in it. Adrian Barbeau, holy shit, like, like a, a B-movie legend is in this thing. It has so many huge, huge people in it and you recognize it and it's, like I said, super fun. Snake Plissken is a, is a huge memorable character for action movies. Oh, James Cameron did all the matte paintings and some of the visual effects. We're presenting a mixed bag here. If you haven't seen it, it's, I think it's absolutely worth the watch just to understand that piece of pop culture and then you'll understand like I feel like this is one of those things a lot of people probably know what Snake Plissken is, who Snake Plissken is, what he looks like, and the premise of the movie, but you might not have seen it. It's absolutely worth the watch. Just watch it once, and if you don't want to watch it anymore, you don't have to. But it's fun. It's definitely fun. And like we said, it, I think it spawned, fun. it spawned at least a subgenre of action, you know, an adventure type movie. If you like video games, the Metal Gear Solid series, Solid Snake, is based off of Snake Plissken mm. completely. It's kind of weird because you're watching this and you, as you said, it's like, you're wait, wait, this is the movie that made this hero. I felt the same way with uh, Evil Dead. Like Ash is one of my favorite characters. I have, I've dressed up as Ash. I have a chainsaw arm. I have a, a foot tall statue of Ash. I have all this Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2 stuff. But like, I thought the character was so fucking cool. Guy with a chainsaw for an arm? Fuck yeah. And then you watch the movies and you're like, wait, he's not a hero. He's a goofus. <laughs> that's i guess that's true i i can't i can't debate that at all but they're super fun and and i think as far as character goes they're great and and kurt russell's amazing in it but it is such a weird movie this like post-apocalyptic prison island and he just has to run around try and save the president but like it gets to a point where you're like i don't give a shit about the president that you know it doesn't sound like like if snake doesn't care why do i care he only cares because he has the bullet implanted into him. And that's like a such a bizarre plot device. And I think it works really well in like suicide and stuff like that. But I think other things have done it better since this. Mm. The reluctant hero. You got anything else you've been watching, Rumi? Yeah, yeah I was going to say Ozark, but I just started that. And I don't want to talk about it just yet because I literally just started it. I'm two episodes in or three episodes in. But I am rewatching Samurai Champloo for the, I don't know, fourth time, fifth time. It is probably my favorite anime. I love it so much. Have you ever watched it? Yeah, you you and I watched it together. I fucking for the first love time. it. I just it's great. If you guys haven't watched it, it's a really good anime. By uh, at least Funimation is distributing it. It's on Hulu. If you have Hulu, Samurai Champloo. Champloo means like mix up, like stir fry. I thought it meant something that you washed your hair with. That's sham. <laughs> That's Champloo. <laughs> well played. I didn't even see that coming. That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> your dad liked it. <laughs> 
<laughs> I like that my dad has become the standard for dad jokes. It's uh, this young girl kind of meets up with these two different warriors. One is a very reserved, very quiet, very disciplined Ronin samurai. The other one is just this fucking vagrant, random fucking all over the place samurai who's got like no no discipline, no anything. But they're both these fucking incredible fighters. They want to kill each other, but she makes them promise that they're going to help her do this fucking journey first, and then they'll kill each other. It's awesome. It, there's such cool stories. The animation is beautiful. I love the fight scenes. I love how badass they are. It's just so friggin' cool. Good music. Oh, yeah. It's and it's like this like, retro. I mean, it's about, it's about not, not medieval Japan, but feudal, I guess feudal Japan. Feudal but it Japan, also has yeah. like, there's microphones, there's boom boxes. There's a lot of hip hop music in the soundtrack as well as in the context of the show. Like they listen to hip hop. There's a character who faces off with them at one point and he's freestyle rapping and all these different things. And a lot of them, um, if you guys are familiar with Afro Samurai, it does the same thing too, where it kind of combines some genre and can combine some time frames. I love frames. Afro Samurai. I do too, but I think it's a little, he's just too cool for school as a character where it's like, dude, just do something. All he does is like, brood and fight and you're like oh that's kind of cool but also do something wolverine all he does is brood and fight so. yeah, i guess that's true broody big brooderson yeah i think samurai shampoo afro samurai and cowboy bebop are my like top top anime if you gotta push me for it i'm not a huge anime guy i am not well versed like my brother has watched more of that than i have and we get recommended a lot like people ask us to talk about anime quite often on social media and i'm always like don't watch a yeah lot i'm of the it. same i I'm, the ones that you mentioned i'm down with yeah. i'm down with like i ninja scroll i know pretty enough to know and attack on ninja titan Scroll's i really cool. like and attack on titan is the only oh, yeah i think attack on titan is the only manga that i'm that i've read and i'm actually finally reading it again i'm up, up to like the 20th something trade and it's like that's an interesting one too because it keeps yeah. it's like giant giants eating people people with cool maneuvering gear killing the giants then it's like political drama political drama political drama for like six issues and you're like oh come on all of a sudden a giant starts eating people and i'm like ah oh, you got me back got me back i mean yeah, i've read a handful I, I have read a handful because my brother has quite a bit of uh, manga and, and anime and like i have the the akira six books of akira which i love those those are oh, some see, of, i've like, never read never that read... i've seen the show and the show is Dude. good but i've i've or the movie but i've never i've never read it the book series the six book series is one of the best sci-fi like epics ever ever written it's unbelievably good and to me like just a massive epic like cyberpunk future noir sort of just incredible mm. really really good cyberpunk like just defining peace i love it well that's definitely like the staple like i don't i was gonna say like my dad would know i don't think my dad would know it, but that's i feel like if you don't know anything about manga or anime akira is one of those things like i know when i didn't know anything about it i knew that akira was that guy yeah. in the bomber jacket with the with, with the, the motorcycle, yeah, the red motorcycle. I knew that that was that. You know, I knew some images from that. I think it's it's that's one of the few that has infiltrated pop culture to the point where even if you don't know it, you know of it. It's so worth reading. You should probably check it out. It's kind of hard to find good editions. They just came out with a hardback, and I was going to buy the hardback set, but then I missed the window, and now the price is like a thousand dollars. It was a hundred mm. bucks when it first came out, and I should have bought it. I'm an idiot. What was I thinking? Ugh. I watched a cool movie yesterday on a whim. Kate was taking a little naparoo, and then I watched Underwater from 2019. Oh, I saw that you posted about that. What do you think? I loved it. 
The trailers sold it well. The trailers made it look good. And but here's the thing: I also love subgenre movies. Not a pun, just because it's an <laughs> underwater horror movie. I also love submarine movies, but underwater movies are great. Underwater movies are super fun, especially underwater horror movies are really cool. Leviathan, Deep Star Six, uh, Sphere. Uh, you know, I like underwater horror movies, but this one did a great job. I thought the costumes were great. I thought for what the budget was, which for this kind of movie was kind of small, they did an incredible job of making me believe it. A lot of CGI that looked pretty damn good. It was tense. The characters were pretty shallow. Again, not a water pun. That's just what they were. (laughs) But I didn't care because the movie starts off fast. And if you start off fast, to me, I don't like Again, I didn't care about the characters anyway. You want them to get there or you want them to die coolly. That's all I want. Like, I want them to either succeed or die in a way that made me go, fuck yeah, movie. Good job. And they do a pretty decent job of that. It has all the great, like, underwater disaster tropes. I mean, it's nothing new in that end, but they did it efficiently. And what they showed and what they could hide in the dark was great. And then they teased a monster that was horrific and like maddening and then showed it at the end. And they delivered on the creature. Boy, did they deliver on the creature. That was really cool and successful. Practical? Hell no. It's all CGI, (laughs) dude. They're underwater. (laughs) That's on my list. Actually, it's funny you mentioned Leviathan. That's on my Amazon watch list. I just haven't gotten there yet. Have you seen it? No. No, I never saw it before. Oh, dude. Growing up, it wasn't even on my uh, radar. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't even one of those movies. Because you were a Deep Star Six kid playing with lobsters in the bathtub. (laughs) And that's exactly what it was. (laughs) We need to do an underwater horror episode and talk about all these movies because watch Leviathan and watch this. Leviathan is one of my favorites. Leviathan is trying to be the underwater thing and they nearly pull it off. They just have... uh, (laughs) It's fucking Marv from Home Alone is in it, and he plays the bad pervert. Remember we talked about annoying characters? Yes, yes. He's, he's the bad pervert who like cannot help himself from saying something about your ass every time you turn around to the point that like as an audience, you're like, please kill him so we can get on with this uh. movie. And they <laughs> finally kill him, and you're like, okay, fine. Like very rarely are you just happy that a character's dead so you can stop rolling like your eyes are sore. So you can stop rolling your eyes. Your eyes are sore from just hearing him talk and you're just like, fuck. Thank God he's gone so we can get on with the movie. <laughs> just saying. Sorry, man. I like that actor. He's funny. Leviathan, I'm definitely gonna check. Yeah, you should. Leviathan is really cool. Pretty sweet, pretty sweet movie. Great creature. Peter Weller, fucking Robocop. Yep. Come on. Yeah, yeah. And he's usually worth watching. There's only a couple things I've seen where I'm like, really? That's the best you could do? But no, I think... Uh, <laughs> no? I mean, I don't know if I'm super well-versed in Peter Weller's... Stop making puns. <laughs> super Weller-versed. <laughs> you, know you know what I think one of his best things... I mean, aside from RoboCop, did you watch the DC animated Dark Knight Returns? Where he was the voice of Batman? He did fucking fantastic. Really? Absolutely, yeah. You, did you see it? No. It's actually, it's one of those things a lot of purists will be like, no, that's not as good as the comics. It's like, yeah, it's obviously not as good as the comics, but it's a fun, a fun interpretation of the comics. His Batman in that is frigging great. I don't think his voice would have worked as like a 1980s, 1990s Batman. It had to be the specific big, bulky Dark Knight Returns one. And he does a great, great job. That's, that's, if you haven't seen it, that's definitely, that's definitely worth watching. He does a really good job in that. 
he does Buckaroo Banzai, which I saw for the first time, I think, two years yeah, ago. Yeah, me too. It's fucking great. And that's like something, though, I don't, I think other people could have done that role and it would have been fine. I don't think it needed to be him. You know what I mean? Uh, Naked Lunch is one of the weirdest movies you could ever see. He's, he's pretty cool. And his cool face in that. works perfect for Naked Lunch. Yeah. Peter Weller, man. He's great. Done some good stuff. Oh, man. Yeah, we could do a whole episode on Peter Weller movies. I mean, you know I'd love to talk about some RoboCop. Oh, yeah. But, like, Buckaroo Banzai, we've never really talked about. And that's one that, like, is has a cult following, and you either love it or you just don't get it. I don't think I get it, but I fucking love it. Because it feels like it feels like three different movies jammed into one for no real reason. But it's not on accident. I, they did it on purpose. Buckaroo Banzai feels like an anime that is made in America, and you lose a huge amount of like leeway when it's not an animated Japanese dubbed cartoon. I can see that. It really feels that way. Fucking Jeff Goldblum in the fuzzy, fuzzy cowboy outfit. Mm, I forgot about that. What is going on here? There's so many what is what the fuck is happening moments. It's (laughs) the weird aliens. It's it's great. It's terrible. That's a movie it's I should it's buy. It's a fun group movie. That's on, um, yeah. I think Shout Factory has a nice Blu-ray of that. It's a good cult movie for sure. Yeah, I, like you, I only saw that a couple of years ago. I always knew what it was, but I never, yeah. I guess I never knew how fucking bonkers it was. It definitely is a good group movie. Like it's, Again, like if you're into shitty movie Sunday type stuff, you get a bunch of people sitting down with some snacks and some drinks. You guys are going to laugh. Even if you don't make the jokes, just watch the movie and enjoy it. You're going to laugh your asses off. But if you want to make jokes, oh shit. Can you tell me any movie like this is purely like it purely is like an anime trope where like the group is also like the the people, the main characters are also in a band, but also like adventuring scientists. Right, yeah, that's like, the right. The, that's the best part is that they're also scientists. Like, anytime you start it with they're a band, but also you're like, <laughs> I'm in for some cheesy goodness. Miami Connection did this fucking jabber jaw like (laughs) (laughs) it's so ridiculous any of those cartoons Hanna-Barbera cartoons where it's a band but also they go on adventures like that's the level of ridiculousness that Buckaroo Banzai is could you get away with a band and movie right now could we make a movie where the main characters were a band and also detectives or and also space alien like could you make a band and movie right now like in today's age, Correct. like a modern one, yeah. uh, you'd have to be way over the top. You'd have to be so goofy. But because here's the other problem. Bands aren't even that big of a thing anymore. <laughs> like, like suddenly, like there's some drummer out there like going, oh, he puts he slowly puts his drumsticks down. <laughs> like the age of like stadium gigs and the age of like gig based groups isn't even as big of a thing because people are just doing SoundCloud rapper shit or like doing bedroom pop or something like that where they're doing it on their own because it's hard to get together with people to make something. It takes a lot of work to get a band together. It takes a lot of money. Music education has fallen by the wayside. So people aren't learning instruments as much. So where like the garage band used to be a huge thing is is now has sort of a rarity to it. And that sucks because that would be amazing to have a fucking band that is also ninjas. If we make that movie, it could revitalize the band industry. Ooh. You know, like that would bring bands back. Wouldn't it be funny if it was a different group, like like a superhero group that's trying to start a band and they suck <laughs> at it? Like, guys, we'd be as popular as Buckaroo Banzai right now if we could get this band fucking working. <laughs> and he's like, you... You hired me as your heavy 
Hulk, I don't know how to play drums. And they're like, oh God, we're just going to have to get a new drummer, guys. We're going to have to. And they're like, but he's really good at being the Hulk. And they're like, guys, but but he, we need a drummer for the band. And it's just like, where do your priorities lie? <laughs> I'd watch it or read it. <laughs> I'd, I'd definitely watch it. <sighs> Damn, dude. Well, this has been fun. We hit about an hour. Definitely not the short episode I thought we were going to do, but hey, I hope you guys enjoyed it because I sure did. Please check out some of the movies that we talked about, specifically Nemesis. Please watch Nemesis. Yeah, we would love to hear if you guys like it or not. Let us know. Oh, I hope somebody watches Nemesis and I hope somebody watches Nemesis with like their significant other and the significant other hates it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's the optimal. That's really what we're striving for on this show. So if if you can get your your significant other to hate something, that's what we're that's what we're going for. Because Kate, I wouldn't say she hated Nemesis, but she was kind of we'll just say lukewarm. She was kind of like what what <laughs> huh? <laughs> so good at best. At best, that's that was her response was bewilderment. <laughs> so good, dude. I also recently watched Batman Forever, but we're not going to get into that on this episode. No, I might watch that soon, but we need to do a Batman series because Batman Forever was wild to watch again, to revisit past my teen years. Yeah. Wait, did, have you tried Batman and Robin? That's our next one. Yeah, wait till you do that. So speaking of, I watched Batman Forever with Kevin and Meg, and they were aghast, and my brother Kevin said that he might disown me if I don't watch the rest of the John Wick movies. I've been saying that for friggin' months now. Yeah, but I don't believe you, and he's my brother. (laughs) Jeez. You shouldn't trust me if I say something is bad. If I say this is terrible, there's still a chance you'll like it. But if I say it's good, how often do I say something is good or at least worth it and I, and you say no? Like you do it. And I don't no. know. You you were saying how much you like The Godfather earlier in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you just didn't understand it. Probably not. Kevin and Meg every year celebrate Keanu Day. That's where right. They, on That's his right. birthday. On his birthday, they watch a shit ton of Keanu Reeves movies. So they are going to force Kate and I, who has never seen a single John Wick, to watch all the John Wicks. We're going to watch them together. And then you want to do a John Wick episode? Fuck yeah. All right. So we'll get Kevin and Meg back on the show. They joined us for another Keanu movie. They joined us for the Bill and Ted's. So I think we're going to have to do a John Wick episode with them. I'm on board for that. Awesome. Well, guys, tell us what movies we need to be watching. Keep sending those suggestions because, dude, they are paying off huge for us. We are having a blast watching these movies that you guys love or want us to watch so we can talk shit about it. (laughs) I'll take those too. Hit us up on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod and our website, LaunchpadPod.com. Rumi, let's blast this thing off. (laughs) 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 Till next time, we are the Rocketeers and we are out. Ignition sequence start. Six. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.